Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Precision Rifle Channel podcast. I am being joined by my friend from across the pond, Mr. Ryan Charlton. Ryan, how are you, sir? Hey, Travis. I'm really good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, um... You know, I, I'm sitting here in quarantine from this whole COVID-19 deal. Not quarantine, but stay at home, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm like... I gotta, I gotta talk to some good people. I gotta talk to people I haven't, I haven't talked to in a while. I haven't had a chance to hang out with, and I saw you were online, so I was like, you know what? Let Let's see if, if Ryan has time to to chat with me for a little while. And I'm glad you were able to pick up. Hey man, I'll always make time for you. It's been pretty much exactly a year since we were hanging out at the Gem State standoff in 2019. Isn't that crazy? It's it's flown so much has happened since then. It's it's unbelievable to think it was just one year ago. It seems like I mean, one year seems like a long time, but a short time, and it feels like over this past year since we met in Idaho, it feels like we've talked so much and gotten to know each other so well that we've been friends for a lot longer than that year. Oh, for sure. I mean, you you guys everybody from from the nrl it was it's almost like an extended family and it's been the same with obviously with the precision rifle league starting here i i think this is just the thing with rifle shooters you know it's it's one big family and everybody loves everybody yes sir yes sir so for all of our american fans that aren't familiar with who you are I uh, haven't had the chance or the opportunity to be blessed by your presence and your charisma. Let's give everybody a quick bio on who you are, what you do, and, and where you're from. Okay, so I'm I'm Ryan Charlton. I live right in the middle of rural England. Um, I've been shooting rifles and shooting in general for probably, what, 15 years. Uh, primarily a hunter and... Well, last year with my buddy uh, Matt Hornback, I came over to uh, shoot an NRL match and shot the Gem State standoff, which was my first ever match. Now, the funny thing was was that I tried Precision Rifle the very first time the weekend before shooting the shooting the Gem State standoff. Really? Which? Yeah, that was the I I one week was all the experience <laughs> I had going into that. That is so awesome. So, <laughs> so Matt, he, he'd helped me, he prepared me, and the really cool thing about jumping in the deep end was it taught me so much that I didn't know. And, you know, with with a background in, in hunting, I mean, I, I work in the UK gun trade, so I work for a company called Highland Outdoors, and we're the English version of Legacy Sports. So we do Hauer and everything else. And I've known Matt through work for a good few years and been following his journey with precision rifle shooting. I've always thought that's something I've got to try. And it was great to to go there. I mean, the Wednesday before that match was the first time I met Matt Hornback. Wow. I... The first time we met. <laughs> that's so crazy because the way you guys interacted – I would have assumed you guys had known each other for, you know, like been friends for a long time. Yeah, and I, again, you know, I think it goes back to, you know, the kind of people within 
um, our sport and our community, we're all of a like mind. You know, it's it was very much a you know meeting of minds and you know Matt and I both huge rifle geeks and we spent a whole week geeking out I got to shoot pistols for the first time suppressed pistols for the first time the first time I'd shot a semi-automatic centerfire was around that weekend and that was just a whole and because <laughs> we got to have barbecue food and we had a great time that is so awesome if for those of you that, that have met Matt Hornback Ryan Charlton is like the English version of Matt. <laughs> They're both a ton of fun to be around, always smiling, great sense of humor. They, they do everything they can to make sure you laugh and are always, always, you know, well taken care of. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why we all connected so fast, so well is just uh, great people. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I'd say that's a good compliment. Matt's a great guy. This past year for me has been a real learning curve with the precision rifle game specifically. And Matt has been such a huge help. Um, so Matt, when you listen, thank you again for all of your help. I really appreciate it. We've actually been on. We've been talking again today. He's been helping me with some other stuff. I have a permanent Ryan corner set up in Matt's garage. So when the shipping things are lifted. He's going to be sending me more cool stuff. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. So, the PRSID, the Gem State standoff, was your first match. What did you know? What was going through your mind then? And how was? I mean, I know it's a year ago, um, but since then, I mean, you literally dove into the deep end because now all over your social media. It's you constantly either at a match or dry firing or something with the precision rifle. How has this affected your life over the past year? Oh, man, I love it. So my background, I've been competitive with everything I've done. played rugby to a fairly high level. I shot air guns to a fairly high level. Um, you know, I've, I pride myself when I'm hunting that I'm a very effective hunter. So I'm quite an obsessive person. And if I enjoy something, I want to do it. And I want to do it to the best of my ability. So we don't have many matches in the UK. So our national series, we have six rounds. And, you know, we, we have to make the most of those. And what I am blessed with is that with my hunting and everything else, because we don't have public land availability in the UK, I have a great relationship with lots of landowners, lots of farmers who will let me literally set a stage up on their farm, put some steels out and I can turn up with some pals. We can shoot steels for a day and then we'll go out and we'll shoot at night and do the shooting that the farmers want us to do. So it's been, for me, it's, it's just been symbiotic with my, my biggest, my big passion for hunting. And I, I think just shooting in general, I, I don't care what I'm shooting, providing I'm shooting, I'm a happy boy. Nice. I'm just fascinated by putting that, that projectile where I want it. There's definitely a, an addiction and a satisfaction to be able to impact targets at great distances. The challenge of any target, any any uh, rifle, I, I'm fascinated by that. And it can be close, it can be near. I Man, I love that. It's great. And I 
the precision rifle aspect brings so much to the table and makes you so aware of your own uh, weaknesses and areas that you can improve. And that was the great thing with coming and shooting with you guys was I was a blank slate. I I didn't know what I didn't know. Right. And I fumbled through through the stages, didn't finish last, which I was very proud of. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I learned so much from so many people. And I, I was in a squad with um, uh, Matt Hornback, Josh Clough, uh, Ray Dubat, Casey Hughes, uh, Dan Cooper, and we had such a great time. And the guys who were in that squad were so supportive. So, you know, I was green as hell. And it was foreign, you know. The, an English guy's come over to shoot. English, you know, a lot of the guys didn't know that, uh, particularly a lot of the US guys who I met, they didn't know that we could actually have guns in the UK. Right. And then, you know, when, like, we've, we've just been talking then, you know, there's a dozen suppressors in my cabinet. I saw that. And... I was, I'm envious. <laughs> <laughs> I've got suppressor envy. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it was nice to be able to, you know, talk with you guys who, who have the freedoms that you do, particularly with firearms, and, you know, learn from the, the much greater experience and skill level that a lot of the, the guys in the NRL have. So, for those of us that are ignorant to English law or how things work in the UK, what are your firearms laws, restrictions, and how do you go about having matches then? Because I know, you know, you have a lot of strict rules. Yeah, so with um, firearms for us, it's not a right. It's a privilege. So for every firearm we have, we need to demonstrate to our local police force that we have good reason. That's the first thing, to own that firearm. Okay. Um, if we have good reason, what we can then do is apply for uh, a firearm certificate. So that'll be like your, your firearms license. Okay. So um, in the UK, what is considered a good reason? So... Um, if you're a member of a, a rifle club, if you're a member of a target shooting club, then target shooting, that's one, that's your good reason. Okay. So, for example, if you shoot F-class, uh, once you've completed your six-month probationary period at the club, you can then apply to own a rifle chambered in a caliber suitable for shooting F-class, for example. Wow. Or shoot gallery rifle, you know, for what, whatever you want to shoot. Right. Um then you get into hunting. So if you want to, my, my big thing, I, I shoot a lot of foxes at night. And I, I got four basically dedicated nighttime rifles. So I have, uh, for example, my 204 Ruger. It's primarily for shooting small vermin in areas where I don't need a huge amount of gun. So my justification for that is I want to shoot a fast, lightweight bullet. And because I'm shooting at night, the flat trajectory of the 204 Ruger, it makes range estimation very, very easy. Your typical engagement distance is at night. Um, then, you know, I've got some land in Scotland that I lease for shooting deer in. Nice. And again, so you have your minimum deer caliber, for with muzzle energy, bullet size and weight, etc. Right. And because I have land that has the deer on, 
I have my good reason then for having uh, a 308. Or my first 6.5 Creedmoor was a um, that was a deer rifle. Okay. So that's that's it. I mean, in in a nutshell, we have to justify everything. And part of being granted a firearm certificate, you have to be uh, of sound mind and uh, character. So. So how did no you get yours? <laughs> hey, it's a mystery to me too. <laughs> Those guys know me as well. <laughs> but no, it's you know, it's basically it's because it's a privilege. So you know, we one thing we don't have is the right to use a firearm in self-defense. Wow. Which, for most of my American friends, that thing's completely alien and crazy. Yeah, that's. And, you know, our, if you think our police. The bulk of our police aren't armed, so we have within our police forces there is a specific armed response unit. They're the only police officers who will be armed with firearms. Really? Yeah. So the, uh, your average policeman patrolling um, a, a major city centre on a Friday night, as the nightclubs are kicking people out at two, three a.m., will be uh, his his weaponry will consist of a sidearm baton, a taser, if he's been passed to have a, tasers co- a taser course, and potentially um, like a pepper spray uh, kind of thing. That and is inter- crazy. So interestingly, get this, a taser and pepper, stri- pepper spray in the UK is classified as a Section 5 prohibited weapon. The same as a machine gun, or a pistol, or anything else. Because if we have pistols here, they have, they're have they basically short rifles. So the barrel has to be 12 inches long, and they have an arm brace, so they meet the minimum length requirement for rifles. Wow. That, <laughs> that, that just totally blows my mind. I mean, I can literally, you know, during normal times, I could leave my house and walk into a sporting goods store and pick up pepper spray or a taser, no problem, and, and walk out in two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And that is, that's prohibited. So if you're caught with that, you're pretty much going to be looking at five years jail time. Jeez. Okay, wow. A lot different than here in the States. <laughs> yeah, so our, our firearms laws, they're, they're primarily built around uh, supporting purposes. So it's either hunting or target shooting, basically. Um, and that's, you know, we, we every country has its different laws, its different restrictions. It's just something, you know, that we we work work within and work within that framework, you know. Right. It's like that or don't. So when you came over here to, to Idaho, it was like gun Disneyland for you. Yeah, when I, when I got to Matt's house, uh, having flown in through texas and the the border control guy asked me what i was doing visiting the u.s and i said i'm going to shoot a national rifle league match and his face lit up and he said ryan if you like shooting you should come back and visit texas sometime and i said i'd love to sir <laughs> i'll get to matt now. and matt is he's he's an all-american hero he's got you know pistols ar-15s he's got match rifles there i was like holy cow it was awesome yeah Yeah. i loved it and we we drove out to the desert 
uh, the very next day. So I arrived late at night. So we drove out to the desert. He hands me an AR-15 and says, go for it, man. And literally like a puppy dog. Can I do a Magdum? Can I do a Magdum? <laughs> <laughs> that is so uh, awesome. So, yeah, it was it was cool. It was, I, I enjoyed that taste of freedom. And don't get me wrong. We, we have some, some of our laws are very restrictive some of them like with with suppressors if we if we're granted a rifle for hunting with you pretty much guarantee we'll be granted a suppressor for it no problem if you have good reason for the rifle you'll be granted a suppressor at the same time and you know things like that it was similar with your ammunition buying in California where we're limited on the amount of ammunition that we can buy and hold at any one time. Right. So for, for some of the smaller rifles, again, all my rifles are for, for hunting purposes. So the smaller guns like, um, like the, the two, two, uh, rim fires and, and things like that. I can buy and hold at any one time 500 rounds of, of 2 to LR. Okay. That's it. Then you come to some of the bigger center fires, like the, the 30 cals and the, the 6.5s. With my, my 308 deer stalking rifle, for example, I'm limited to 300 rounds only on that. Wow, that's crazy. Um, I now have two 6.5 Creedmoors, so I've one that I shoot the Precision Rifle League with here. Um, <laughs> yeah, but bear in mind, you, I, I shoot a lot. I'll probably do 100 to 200 rounds a week, um, which for the UK is a lot for most of the, the top guys shooting the, the NRL. It's not a huge amount, and my 6.5 Creedmoor ammunition allowance over two rifles this is in 600 rounds total. Yeah, that's that's nothing. So I keep a box of 50 nozzle ballistic tips loaded up, ready to go to shoot deer with, and then the rest is constant churn. <laughs> wow. Uh, it's just a constant churn of 6.5 reloading, and so much time for reloading bench. That's incredible. So... With the Precision Rifle League in the UK, how do you guys, you know, how do you, how are your matches ran over there? So the Precision Rifle League, I mean, we've we've really we've got Tiff Jew to thank for that. I mean, you, you met Tiff at the yes. shot show. Tiff's an awesome guy. He has a an amazing facility uh, down in Cornwall, and so where the matches are held, they're held at private ranges. Uh, because within the, the framework of club shooting within the UK, shooting steels due to the increased ricochet risk, etc., it's frowned upon by a lot of the old guard and the old foots. So the steel shooting tends to be done at privately owned ranges, like Tiff's Place, which is uh, Roundhouse Firearms Training in Cornwall. And... What that is, it's so Tish Place is super cool actually. So he has arrangements with the local parish council, multiple farmers. Because there's no public land land there, Tiff basically has to 
pay farmers to rent that ground for the day when we have a shoot there. Okay. So he will he will be paying farmers who he's known for years to move their cattle out of the danger area. He'll have sentries up, like he's handled at any other range, and they'll be watching. So we'll go to these private ranges, these private facilities, which are pretty similar to the the kind of things that will be state-owned in the U.S., and we'll turn up there. Like a big attendance for, for a U.K. match would be like 60, guys, 60 shooters. Okay. Which is... It's still sort of, if you think last year was the first year that the, the UK series really started. Uh, it brought all of these different venues together and kind of unified it, if you like. Um, and we'll go from each of these places. So what we'll typically do is we'll turn up, we'll shoot um, 10, 11 stages for the, the precision rifle match. And then on day two, we'll shoot a extreme long range um, day. Because the like the guys who shoot the big cannons, they look a lot of those. It's just, it's a very small community in the UK, and a lot of the guys who want to shoot the the precision rifle also want to shoot the long range and the extreme long range with you know three three eights and three hundred normas, etc. So okay. we have a good mix of shooting that gets done there, um, and that's pretty much it. The stages and everything will work the same. We're perhaps a little bit more relaxed on. Um, the timings or were last year. I think Tiff's keen to bring the timings in line with the the part times that you guys are, are working towards, and to try and make things more similar. As we're getting more crossover of UK shooters travelling abroad, um, it makes sense for the competitors in the UK to be used to or have an idea of what they're going to walk into. Right. If they come and shoot an NRL match, for example. No, absolutely. A, there's a big group of guys who are planning and coming and shooting Jake's match. So are you guys still planning to come out this May? Um, all being well, the guys are. Uh, I've, as you know, I've had to withdraw because uh, <sighs> this is going to sound such a suck-up thing. My boss is an awesome guy, and as a thanks for a job well done, he wants to take me on safari to Africa. Oh, absolutely got to so, do that. <laughs> that's literally the only reason I think that you could stop me from coming back to the NRL would be to say hey we're going to send you on safari so we'd all booked in we we're going to have two days training with Jake Vibber and John Pinch which I was stoked about and um, I booked my place there and my boss drops this bombshell I'm like damn <laughs> So I I spoke with um, Josh Bozder from MDT up in Canada. Yes. And I was like, uh, hey, Josh, are you shooting Jake, Jake's match? He's like, yeah, you guys are coming and we're sponsoring it. And I'm, I'm really excited. I'm like, yeah, Josh, I, I can't make it. And he's like, oh, I'm really bummed. I said, well, it's kind of good news for you. Do you think you can get the three days off before the match? He's like, yeah, probably. Why is that? I said, do you want my place being training with John and Jake he's like oh yeah <laughs> so it's kind of like his birthday and Christmas came at once so I've actually oh, they're on my work computer so I had uh, some Ryan face masks um, done up on a PDF which uh, I was going to get the guys to wear to go drinking with you 
Nice. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm sure Josh loved that opportunity. Um, hopefully he can make it in because right now the U.S.-Canadian border is closed as well. So hopefully he'll be able to make it. And then hopefully now, you know, um, with the announcement of the NRL extended season, hopefully you'll be able to come out to a match maybe later this year. I hope so. I've been been looking at that until I, I've been. We're, I'm ahead of you there. I've been speaking with Matt, and I'd, I'd love to come out, hang out with Matt. Hey, Matt's my homie. I want to come and hang out with Matt every time possible. For sure, come and shoot a match and hang out with these guys. You know, he, yeah, the NRL left a big impression on me, and I I've tried to sort of take some of the NRL away and spread it around the UK. I think we've achieved that. Nice. I think we've we've got lots of people smiling and enjoying shooting. Certainly, um, I think some people have taken my influence on with with getting excited around calling calling impacts. Um, <laughs> I I want my squad buddy to know that he's hit that spark. Heck yeah! Yeah, it's been it's been good. Speaking of leaving a influence, I don't know if this is a positive influence or, or, or what. I think it's positive, but I can never remember the the name of the game. But your drinking game that you taught us in Idaho was yep. so much fun and a memory that I, I'm always going to cherish, even though I can't remember the damn name of the game. We, we played two games. The finger game. Um, so we play fingers. Two games we played. With the finger game is called finger spoof. Finger spoof. Okay. So yeah, fin- finger spoof. That's that's a cool game, man. Um, everybody has a good time. You make the rules up as you go along. It's a lot of fun, you know. If you, it's if you're not having the when we brought in the no gloating rule, and it's probably my favourite Janae moment was. No gloating. Janae goes, yeah, I got you all. Janae gloated, you're back in now. He's like, dang it. <laughs> that was so awesome. It was epic. It was cool. I mean, that, that's probably my um, my rugby influence. Um, drinking post-match is a pretty major part of, of, play, of playing rugby, and it was a part I took incredibly seriously. <laughs> <laughs> You know, let's have some fun with it all, eh? You have to. So, huh? It was nice to sort of share that experience and, and pass on some of that hard-earned knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a ton of fun. I know a couple of times after that we tried playing the game, but we didn't know exactly the rules and everything. But we still had a great time and... um you know, I know a lot of the guys out here, Tyler, Janae, Matt, everybody that was at that table is excited to get you back here so we can uh, have a rematch. Hey, we'll we'll sort that out. That'll be awesome. I'd love that. We'll make that happen. Yes, sir. So <laughs> besides all of the shooting and um, newfound love for Precision Rifle, you also have started writing articles on Precision Rifle. Yeah, that's that's right. So, I part part of work. So, working in the UK gun trade, part of um, 
my job is to, to speak with reviewers and editors in, in the magazines and what have you. And I was speaking with uh, Pete Moore, who's the editor at um, Shooting Sports magazine, and he was like, do you fancy writing an article about this? Because your, your enthusiasm just comes through. And I'm like, hey, I'm married to a history and politics teacher. I can just ask her what to write for last fate. I just tell her what to write and ask her to do it. You know, it'll be fine. So I started doing that. I mean, obviously, having, I think having started completely fresh last year and coming into it from a total beginner's point of view, um, albeit I had some background in competitive shooting, but nothing like precision rifle. I think it's helped with, I've had a lot of good feedback from it. Lots of people have said to me that, you know, they enjoy it because it's almost like watching, they can imagine me actually doing the things that I'm writing about. And the the general theme is it's it's like it's been written by you with a big silly grin across your face. So I think as long as people will enjoy, um, enjoy reading it and the magazines will keep printing it, I'll keep writing it. Um, uh, one of the coolest things I think I've written about was when Scott Sackley came over for the Irish Guardian match. Yes. And the weekend before, he, he ran a, a clinic at um, the Roundhouse. So, man, what a wealth of knowledge Scott is. And, you know, we it was nice... Some things, you know how you, you stumble across things and you say, well, okay, it kind of works for me. And then somebody like Scott will turn around and say, explain to you why that works. And you're like, mind <laughs> Right? Uh, he's, yeah, he's something else. And I, I thought Matt and I were rifle geeks and Scott can geek out on rifles to a whole new level. That was awesome. And we've got some super cool people. So we've got Michael came over from Norway. Um, we've got guys come over from France. All the corners of the UK were covered. And it was just such an amazing, uh, it's just a real meeting of minds. You've got um, John Taylor and the guys from um, PRS Island. Hey, your pussy cat's arrived. My cat, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Travis looks like Dr. Evil now. Oh, God. <laughs> I can see it on Skype. He's there stroking Mr. Bigglesworth. That's it. Yeah, and this is Tara. Yeah, so John, John Taylor and the guys from PRS Island, you know, they that was probably the first time one of the major, uh, one of the major names really, because, you know, Scott's kind of a big deal. He um, Scott coming to the UK was was a big thing and being able to learn from somebody with Scott's experience not just in precision rifle but Scott's awesome with everything he is he's, he's just one of those people he's he's a gifted individual and it's not just that he has the skills to do it himself he has the skill to pass that knowledge on to anybody he could explain exterior ballistics to my mother and she would understand it it, it's crazy because when you have an educator or somebody who is a teacher, you know, some people can teach and they can really, you know, explain it to 
a wide variety of people. And then there's other guys that just, re, you know, basically regurgitate or repeat information. But Scott is, Scott's one of those guys that, you know, he could be from somebody that's super advanced to a brand new beginner. And he can explain it in a way that everybody will understand. Ryan lives, like he said, in, in the middle of nowhere, England. And he was actually explaining before we, we jumped on the, the podcast, he lives in one of the oldest homes in his uh, his village, he said, in his area. So it sounds like we're having a little bit of uh, internet disruption here through Skype. So all right, let's see if we can get Ryan back on here. So we were talking about Scott. Yes. And, uh, yeah, Scott's... Uh, Scott's weekend. So, I mean, Scott, like you say, man, he's Scott's forgotten more about pistols, precision rifles, interior ballistics, exterior ballistics than I'll ever know. And I think most people will ever know. He's he's just a fountain of knowledge on that, and he's able to explain that to anybody, which yes. is that's a real admirable quality. Absolutely. How how is the precision rifle market in England? Because I know you said earlier, you know, it's about 50 or 60 people that attend a match. Is that growing? And is it helping that instructors like Scott are coming over to help uh, teach and train new competitors? Um, it's, it's definitely growing. I mean, the from, from memory, I think there's only two shoots for the UK league that haven't sold out so far for 2020. Okay. That's good. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I know, a couple, I know, uh, Tiff at the roundhouse is working. He's working on having, cause we're limited on space. If you think you could fit England inside of Reno. Right. So, you know, we just don't have the space. So for, for us to be able to do this safely, Tiff's working on getting extra space at the Roundhouse. I know that John at um, Orion Firearms Training in Wales, he's been doing the same. So I think we're going to be able to up attendances this year. Um, I'm not sure what to what numbers, but I know it's something the guys are working on. But certainly there's been a huge buzz surrounding um, precision rifle shooting um, in the UK. So whereas previously you've had clubs that are traditionally paper shooting clubs and very much prone or the, the tactical style matches, they, you're now seeing tank traps, um, ladders, rooftop barricades, and that sort of thing is popping up at ranges up and down the UK, as well as sort of... Uh, People like myself, you know, I'll, I'll get together with a couple of buddies and, you know, we'll go and shoot at the farm. And literally the only thing stopping us from, from doing what we're doing is providing it's safe, we'll do it. That's awesome. Um, it's, it, it's, it's been really good. And I think with as the, the Precision Rifle League within the UK progresses and evolves, that's only going to get stronger and stronger. And, you know, you look around Europe and obviously you've got the Viking rifle series, which is really strong. I mean, some of those guys, they're 
awesome shooters anyway. Oh, yeah. And Norway is one of my favorite countries. It has the most amazing scenery. And I'm keen to go shoot uh, shoot a match in Norway. That's something I'd like to do. But then, you know, I can hop on a train and be in Paris in about eight hours, which is about the same time it takes me to fly to the U.S. And the French are, the French Precision Rifle League is going from strength to strength. You have the the Spanish are doing the same. And I think in Europe, we, we're just starting to see the growth now of precision rifle shooting. And it's really exciting to be part of. That's huge. I know I spoke with Marcus uh, from the Viking Rifle Series a while ago. And he was just talking about how, how fast everything is growing there as well. Um, he's actually going to be coming here to the States, I believe, this year and competing in a couple of the NRL matches as well. It'd be awesome, awesome to coordinate it where a big group of you guys came over and we just we just went nuts. I would love that. Um, yeah, that'd be cool as hell. Yeah. I think we can do that. I mean, with obviously with the coronavirus, that will have dented some people's travel plans. I mean, right. I'm, I'm so keen to, to come and shoot uh, an NRL match again. And it's not often somebody's going to say that they were slightly disappointed to be going to Africa, but I wanted to shoot from a helicopter at Jake's place, man. Well, you know what? The, the great thing about Jake's match is it'll be here again next year. So you're just going to have to keep coming back. Uh, that's going to happen. That's going to happen for sure. I mean, it's, uh, I saw the fun you guys had um, in Nebraska two weeks ago. Oh, that was I so looked much fun. At that. Oh man, I see. I looked at that and thought it's muddy, cold. That's like England every other day. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, yeah, rain, mud, cold. I, that that looks like a real fun match too. And you know, I, I stayed up. Um, obviously, with the time difference, it was a Sunday. It was quite late for me to stay up on a school night, and I had a feeling Matt had done well, and to see Matt. Um, come second, um, that was awesome. So I think that's yes. probably Matt's highest NRL finish as well. It is. So that was that was cool, man. You know, I, you saw the screenshot I took when you gave him a big hug, and you could hear Josh Clough in the background, and that was yeah. that was a cool thing. So yeah, that, that Nebraska match that looks cool because I'd like to see Clough again. And so there's a few. NRL matches I'd like to tick off. Jake's, I think, is is definitely the biggie. Uh, I'd love to go back to Idaho. Um, now I've I've started to develop a, a skill set, so you know, see how I fared, where I I sort of pop my cherry, so to speak. But yeah, that'd be awesome. And um, the more people that we can get shooting, the better. Yes, and sir. you know, I think the NRL is doing an awesome job. So. It's definitely one of the best-run competitions, not just rifle competition, but competition in general I've attended. And that was it was just a pleasure to be there. So well, thank the you. more I can do, the better. Thank you. We appreciate that. And I do have you know a possible opportunity for you while you are in South Africa because you know there is NRL South Africa as well. Yeah, as soon as our dates, because our, our Africa trip's been postponed as well with the the right. coronavirus 
So as soon as I have a date for that, um, I'm going to check it out. If I can fly over there with my match rifle, I'll hunt with that sucker. I've got a suppressor for it. There you um, go. And, yeah, I take a match into That would be cool. That would be yeah. really cool to do. Yeah, I mean, um, depending where you're at and when you go, let me know, and I'll put you in contact with those guys, um, Peter and Dirk and those guys, and they'll they'll take care of you. I mean, Scott was just over there as well and had a phenomenal time. Oh, it didn't. They, he looked like those guys had an awesome time too. He um, looked like he wasn't going to come back home. I thought he was going to become a South African. You know what? They say that Africa gets into your blood, and once Africa calls, you have to go. Yeah, I mean, he had so much fun over there. Um, I was talking to him the other day, and he's already planning a trip back to South Africa next year. Yeah, it's Africa somewhere. I think if you're if you're big into into shooting, especially hunting, it's it's a real bucket list venue. And I absolutely, I I completely understand that. Rock on, Scott. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll have to also try to get you guys out here for our championship. Yes, that would be really cool. Yep. Yeah. 2021, yeah, it's going to be in Oklahoma. And that is one state that a lot of precision rifle uh, competitors from the U.S. don't mm-hmm. like to shoot in because they have crazy, crazy wins and no backstops. Okay. So it's yeah, going to be sounds, a whole new challenge. That's a challenge. Yeah, I'm so game for that. That'd be awesome. Do I do I need to bribe you again with some some finest Scotch whiskey and maybe slow gin to <laughs> to get a place, perhaps? <laughs> Anytime you say you're coming from England, you you are always going to be our guest, and I know you know all of us all of us loved having having you over here and hanging out with you. You're your your family from uh, across the pond. I I appreciate that, man. It's a lot better than some of my American friends who tell me I'm a step American. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I ge- genuinely thank you, and you know the hospitality you guys showed me was amazing. And hey, I'll I'll repay that in spades whenever you guys are over here. Absolutely. And the way I think the way the precision rifle. Um, scene is growing in the UK and Europe. I don't think it'll be too long before we can we can tempt you guys over, and uh, you know come and shoot. Well, shoot I, our matches. I know as uh, as soon as our schedules permit, I would love to be out there. Uh, not only to you know shoot some competitions, but you know maybe if the time is right, do some hunting as well. The, the cool thing about the UK is so any time of the year uh, fox are in season, there's no close season on foxes. Okay. We always have at least two deer species that we can hunt. So through, through, Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no. Through, so 365 days a year, we, um, uh, with the exception of some of the older rules on um, hunting game on Christmas Day, etc., so there's always at least two species of deer in. So we have uh, muntjac deer, which are a non-native deer, and there's no close season on them either. Um, but also, you know, we've got roe deer, fallow deer, seeker, 
Chinese water deer, and of course wow. red deer up in the highlands. Man, we're we're very lucky with how how we can hunt and what we can hunt when and where. You are so lucky. That is awesome. I've been. This is no secret, but it's embarrassing. I've been hunting <clears throat> for deer for I think five years now, and I have not shot a single one. Just never that had the opportunity. First, Can't even find them. That first day is going to be so sweet tasting. Oh, I know. I can't wait. I can't That'd be wait. awesome. What was... Uh, when you were here, you showed me a picture on your phone of a deer that was tiny and it had fangs. Yeah, so that's a Chinese water deer. So the, the books, the males, male Chinese water deer, they... They don't have antlers. They have uh, tusks. And they are the coolest looking deer ever. They look like teddy bears. They've got the big eyes and the round ears and the big thick coats. So they're, they again, they're a non-native species and they were bought into um, to a zoo. I forget which one now. It's, it's down in the southeast somewhere. Okay. And because in captivity, Chinese water deer will have um, a, a doe will give birth to seven young. So they used to keep the Chinese water deer in captivity. Because they give birth to so many young, it made economical sense for feeding the lions. Okay. And so some of them escaped. And now around, I'm going to have to Google this now. So around um, that area, they're there's a population of uh, Chinese water deer. And they are honestly the, the coolest things. They, they spend their time sort of laid down, chilled out. And yeah, Norfolk, um, around the Milton Keynes area, there's such a small population in and around Bedfordshire where, you know, those, those deer are, are heavily concentrated. And they're, they're so much fun to hunt, but also so tasty. Oh, that so sounds tasty. So, I mean, that, so awesome. Yeah, that the Chinese water deer that I'm, I, I was lucky enough to get, that's my most memorable hunt ever. It was a last-minute cancellation with a friend who was a guide, and a 30, 35-mile-an-hour winds, it was minus two, minus three Celsius, snow on the ground, hail, driving wind, not good deer weather. Um, my buddy said to me, look, I'll stay out as long as you want to stay out. And we, we bumped a couple of groups and eventually managed to get around them and, and got him. And I had just had the biggest grin on my face. It was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I think probably the picture I showed you where I'm sort of smushing his, like smushing the fur up on his face to right. make his face look like more, more like a teddy bear. And I sent that to my wife and she phoned me straight back and said, please cape him off so as we can have him taxidermied. And she was like, he's amazing looking. Cause you know, I'd been excited for days about this, like weeks before going. And, uh, when I sent that to her, she phoned me back up and she's like, 
he's the coolest looking deer you've ever shot. Can he we is. have him on the wall? I want to remember him forever. And yeah, he's awesome. So a good friend of mine's taxidermying him for me. And yeah, he'll be he'll be on on my wall with you know some of the other more memorable deer that, and uh, animals that we've got on there. So we've got some cool trophies. That that's huge because when you showed me that animal, it was like I'd never seen an animal like that in my life, and I was just completely blown, blown away. It looked almost <clears throat> mystical, you know. The like you said, it, it looks like a teddy bear, but it has. I mean, to me, they look like they were pretty big things or tusks. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, so his were almost the length of my little finger. That's it? You know, they, they, yeah, yeah, but they... It looks bigger. They're, so, they're such a small deer. If you think they're they're smaller than a Labrador, those deer are. So, you know, anything, a, a tusk on them is, is going to look, uh, it's going to look pretty big. I mean, some of them get really big, you know, they'll be sort of like middle finger length they they look like um i think it was felipe from um idaho he was like man that's a vampire teddy bear deer and that's that's that is what they look like they're the coolest looking deer ever it it, it was awesome but when i come out there i definitely want to try for some of that if it's if it's the right time hey we're if we if we can hunt it, we'll we'll take you out, and if we can find it, we'll we'll do our best to find it for you, man. That'd be my pleasure. Um, <laughs> awesome. Certainly, ar- around here in Leicestershire, where I'm from, uh, our county emblem is the fox, and you know we we can go fox hunting uh, with a rifle every night. Um, awesome. You know we've got thermal night vision, and we can go out and we we can have some fun. It's cool as hell. So we're gonna have to plan a trip where. Matt Hornback, Josh Clough, myself, and we'll see if Scott and Tyler, if they want to come out, and we'll all come oh, over. Yes. And we're just your wife's going to want to kick us out after two days. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That'd be awesome. I would. I would love that. I mean, look, we're we're lucky here. We've we've got lots of room, and yeah, you know, you guys, all the guys I met at the NRL. You know, if if you're in England. Hook me up, and you know, let's let's at least meet up for some beer. You know, let's let's get some warm brown English beer. There you go. <laughs> you guys do the beer. I'll do some whiskey. Hey, we've got um, so whilst we've been speaking, because it was uh, it was almost bedtime when you rang, and one of my favourite whiskeys, which will um, I'll save for you, or I'll bring you a bottle next time I visit, whichever's first. Is uh, bl- it's it's actually a blended whiskey, okay. Uh, called called Monkey Shoulder. Monkey Shoulder. If you see it, it's worth a look. But I'll I'll bring you a bottle uh, next time I see. Next time I come over, I'll bring you a bottle. You you will love it. I can't wait. I can't wait. That sounds awesome. As always, you know, especially for my friends that are in different countries, um, I like to ask you or find out three things that you have to have in your bag or at a match or before you go to match, like a superstition, three things that cannot be gear related. So I don't care about a scope or, or a Kestrel. All that stuff is standard equipment. What are three things that you have to have to be successful at a match? Okay. So I have a major sweet tooth and whenever 
to be fair, I don't need to have a bad stage. I don't need to have a good stage. But as long as I've got a bag full of Haribo giant strawberries. Giant um, strawberries? Yeah, usually two maybe. Um, that will see me through a one-day match. Okay, well, hold on. And I, I got to cut you off. What's a giant strawberry? I know Haribo makes gummy bears. Yeah, so... It's not something that I saw when I was in the U.S. It's going to be another thing that I'm going to have to send on a, a care package to uh, to Matt. Uh, but the giant strawberries, they're a, a giant jelly strawberry. And they, they're probably, what, they're about two inches long and an inch wide. And those things, they're just happiness and morale in a bag. And I'll share <laughs> them with my entire squad, anybody around me. ROs, people who I can get lifts with, anybody who's near me. Hey, do you want a giant strawberry? And, you know, it's, it's uplifting for everybody. And you know what? It's a welcome distraction to whatever we're doing at that moment. It's awesome. Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. Now I'm going to have to try these giant strawberries next time I see you. Yeah, definitely. We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. But, um, Again, it's probably links back to me being um, my buddy's favorite step American is I'm a caffeine fiend. I know it's very traditional for English people to like tea, but I'm I'm a sucker for coffee. Okay. Um, so I like having those cans of um, Starbucks or Costa. Um, it has to be either an espresso or a uh, like a macchiato, something with milk in and depending on how I'm feeling at the time will depend. So I'll typically have one of each type of coffee in my pack with me. All right. So um, sugary coffee. Yep, yeah, definitely. Sugar, coffee, that's me sorted. And the the final thing, which is a superstition that started with um, from the very, very first time I tried Precision Rifle was Andrea, my wife, was helping me reload. Uh, so I was powering cases, she was seating bullets, and I had a pink sharpie, and I said to her, oh, would you mind marking my brass for me? So going into round one of the UK series last year, she's marked up all of my, uh, all the rims on all of my cases in pink. Now, she's, Andrea's a teacher, she's very neat, very precise, there was no messiness, perfect colouring in all around the rims. Every single one was brilliant. And I went and shot quite well and won, won the factory division. And every single match that Andrea coloured my cases in, I won. Nice. The one, the one match that I coloured the cases in, I came second. So now Andrea has to colour my brass in every single time. She's created that monkey that's on her back. <laughs> and if she colours my brass in for me, then... You know that that's everything's in. It's like she's helped me, and it, you know it, it makes me smile whenever I'm I'm loading mags in. So yeah, it's it's that's cool. Awesome. It's a nice it's a nice thing. So, it's a nice it's little nice reminder. She's she's there with you. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, she's we, she's looking forward to to shooting her first match. She's she's not very well at the moment, but once she's recovered, um. We've got I've got a rifle that she's kind of adopted. Uh, it's my two two three Ackley training rifle, and she's called it the Wifle. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, she's she's looking forward to coming and shooting that thing. So once she's uh, fully recovered, she'll uh, 
she'll be coming and tearing it up, and I, I think she'll do quite well with that. So is she going to come out to the States and shoot with you as well here in the U.S.? I, I would hope so. With her being a teacher, her schedule it's, is dictated by term time. But, right. if, you know, if we could both get out there, absolutely. Um, I think she'd like to – she's not – although she's not a stranger to firearms, she's not massively familiar with firearms. So uh, she'd like to become more familiar and more proficient with firearms before she – uh, before she competes, and also, especially before she she went abroad to compete, you know right. she she's she's not super competitive, but you know she loves coming and shooting gongs with us when you know when we go and have fun somewhere. So yeah, that's really uh, that'll be really nice to to get her into it. And I think she's figured it's going to be a good way to uh, to spend some more time with me as well. <laughs> that's awesome. So what we'll have to do is. <laughs> Before, well, when you guys come out before the match, we'll have to get all the wives together. So, like, Janae, Matt's wife, Cluff's wife, my wife, your wife, and they could all go out and do a little clinic together and have some fun and do a little bit of girl power. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. Wife squad. A wife squad. (laughs) They'll they'll probably beat all the husbands. (laughs) You know what? They would. um, You know, absolutely would. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be that'd be awesome. So that's that's definitely one thing to uh, one thing to look forward to for sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we're almost out of time. I really appreciate you taking your time to be on the show today and sharing your awesome stories. Um, I want to turn the floor over to you now, real quick, because I know in the UK you have some different sponsors and different people that have really helped out you and the sport out there. So let's show them some love as well. Brilliant, thank you. I mean, firstly, thanks for for inviting me. I mean, I I listen to the podcast religiously, and you know, I I really enjoy hearing what's happening. So, it's awesome to be a part of it. But yeah, like you say, there's there's always people. You know, we get to have a lot of fun, and there's always a lot of people behind us who who back us up. And I'm I'm super lucky in that my employer, Highland Outdoors, uh, John Bright, uh, the owner of our company, are super supportive. We're we have a terrific work family and you know we're kind of we're pushing and at the forefront of the precision rifle scene in the uk uh which is great so we've we've recently announced we're the exclusive distributor now for mdt in the uk and ireland which is great uh that's that's going to be it's an awesome acquisition for us and it'll help with growing mdt and precision rifle within the uk that's awesome Uh, no we're pleased with that and we've also this year we've announced we're we're supporting the Royal Marines Precision Rifle Team and the uh, Precision Rifle Association within the Royal Marines. So we're helping the Marine Commandos and associated units uh, get into civilian shooting as a way to you know improve their skill set and you know give those guys access to it. So we're, we're supporting those guys really heavily and That's having huge. a load of fun with them. Yeah, it's awesome absolutely awesome so that's pretty cool um also i mean i've i'm super lucky uh because with those being with highland outdoors being a major distributor i get to meet our um, our suppliers and you know a lot of those guys they're they're super supportive guys in the industry tend not to shoot as much 
And right. when somebody comes along and is um, enthusiastic about shooting, shoots as much as I do, they, you know, they support that. So, I mean, Bob Bullion and Nosler Bullets have been amazing to me. Um, you know, those guys helped me out and back me group. so much. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, and then we have um, Mike Norris, who is the owner of, uh, he's a rifle smith in the UK. His company is Brock and Norris Custom Rifles. Mike has built every single rifle I own. Um, he taught me how to build rifles, and he's built. You've you've seen my new rifle this year. It's it's, it's very much in the NRL style. It's it's heavy, short yep. barrel. It's beautiful. Thick as hell. Oh, it's 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 a hammer. So Mike's built that for me, and him and Ryan Stacey from International Barrels have hooked up, and they've nice. been they've they've supported me hugely, um, and have been been awesome. And then obviously you've got Miss, Mr. Matt Hornback who. Um, Man, my my friendship with Matt. I know you said you know you saw it when when we visited. I mean, Matt and I worked within the same group for a few years, and he's such an awesome guy. And literally, without my friendship with Matt, I wouldn't have come to the NRL. Probably wouldn't have tried Precision Rifle, which has become a huge part of my life. So, yeah, thanks, Matt. He's he's always <laughs> there to help me and support me. He's yeah, he's he's an awesome dude, as you he guys is. know. So he's great. Yeah, um, but now his you know, head just got a little bit bigger. Hey, you know what? He's, I'll allow it. He'll deserve it. Jess, <laughs> Jess will keep him in line, that's for sure. <laughs> yes, this is um, true. But, you know, Matt's, Matt's one of a few really cool characters. I mean, we've got some great guys in the UK. Um, you know, I mentioned Tiff Jew, who, who does so much work for rifle shooting within the UK. Um, you know, I've got a great group of guys who I shoot with, my Creed bros. Um, you know, we're not quite there with the six mils yet in the uk so there's a lot of us still shooting six five creedmoor and yep. having a lot of a lot of fun wearing hawaiian shirts doing that nice um uh, definitely my uh, my best buddy uh hal from tjc agricultural engineering so hal is our local agricultural engineer he builds cattle handling systems and gates and things and i know you've seen the pictures of my awesome metal barricades yes and hal makes those for me but because he knows all the farmers He's the reason that I have the cool places to practice. So, That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I mean, we've got, I think shooting definitely, rifle shooting brings like-minded people together, like we've said. And, you know, everybody in the UK is doing an awesome job. And hopefully when this corona thing's finished with, we can we can get there shooting and, and showing what it's all about here in the UK. And, and you guys can do the same. Yes, sir. I know everybody on uh, this side has been anxious to get out and compete and you know our schedule has been a little bit messed up with the corona um but i mean that's all over the world so i know as soon as all of this gets done everyone's going to be at the range having a good time and <laughs> the internet facebook's going to be flooded with pictures and videos of everybody rejoicing and and hitting steel so it's yeah the steel's going to sing out it's going to be awesome it's going to be awesome but uh, no it's been, it's been great it's been awesome catching up with you um I certainly I look forward to uh, next time I see you, I'll bring you a nice bottle of whiskey and a bag of Haribo giant strawberries. I can't um, wait. Fing fingers crossed we can get a match in. If not, we'll um, hopefully see you at the finale, hey? Yes, sir. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll make it work. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you again, Travis. It's, it's been awesome. And uh, stay safe. God bless. Likewise. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate your time and for 
all of our listeners out there, uh, be safe, you know, uh, do everything that you can, especially during these tough times to stay sane, keep your, your skills, uh, honed. Um, if you're going to the range, you know, take the proper precautions, uh, and we look forward to seeing everybody once all of this craziness is done, but, uh, stay safe, keep shooting and we'll see you all soon. Take care. Cheers. Bye-bye.